Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, y'all, you're listening to episode four of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Have you ever been stuck in traffic? Maybe you're listening to this now and you're like, um, yeah, how'd you know? If you've ever had a difficult time getting home with stop and go traffic, you don't instantly feel peaceful and relaxed in your body when you do arrive. Your body is still in the middle of a stress response. This is similar to us as educators still stuck in the stress response of the last daunting years in education. Even though you've dealt with the stressor by getting out of traffic, your body still needs you to deal with the stress itself by completing the stress response cycle. That's exactly what we're diving into today, the top five evidence-based ways that you can complete the stress cycle. So let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into the episode, I want to say that if this podcast has helped you in any way, I would love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend. I really am on a mission to help reignite passion, reduce overall stress and burnout for educators, and doing those things help me reach more educators to support them. This is one of the ways that you can also enter the launch giveaway that ends July 19th. We ended the launch of this podcast last week with the first episode in the series of the Summer Self-Care for Burnout Recovery. So if you've not yet listened to that on why summer break is not going to get you out of burnout, I highly recommend it because we're going to be piggybacking off a lot of the information and actions we talked about in that episode. Last week, we talked about how our stress response works and how we as educators can become stuck in a cycle that just won't complete. Just because we've dealt with the stressor does not mean that we have dealt with the stress itself. Here's the thing. Stress really isn't the problem. When we face anything the brain perceives as a threat, stress is our body's natural response. Like all biological responses, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if we move all the way through the stress response cycle, we can stay healthier. 
Identical twin sisters, doctors Amelia and Emily Nagoski, identify the difference between stress and stressors in their book, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And I couldn't say it better than they. The good news is that stress is not the problem. It's how we deal with the stress, not what causes it, that releases the stress, completes that cycle, and ultimately keeps us from burning out. You can't control every external stressor that comes your way. So the goal isn't to live in the state of perpetual balance and peace and calm. The goal is to move through stress to calm so that you're ready for the next stressor and to move from effort to rest and back again. So there's no crazy expectation that you have to be butterflies and rainbows all the time. No, that's not realistic. So how do we deal with this stress? There are five main evidence-based and practical methods that we can use to complete the stress cycle. The first is physical activity. And I hear some of you groaning right now. And hey, I've never been athletic or really enjoyed physical activity. But you know how people say that exercise reduces stress and improves overall well-being? The reason is that physical activity actually tells our brains that we've successfully survived the threat and now it's safe. It's not just about going to the gym. Dancing counts, practicing TikTok dances, and doing Pilates in your studio apartment are fine. Running, swimming, even stomping your feet and screaming or punching your pillow into oblivion. All of these work. The point is you have to use your body. Since stress is physical, Physical activity is a big part of ending stress cycles. In Nagoski's book, which I will link in the show notes, they suggest 20 to 60 minutes per day, which is sufficient for most people. And hey, I'm not some gym rat who's super keen on physical exercise myself, but it's a mindset block that I'm working on repairing. But the reason that it should be most days is because you experience stress most days. So it only makes sense that you would complete the cycle most days. Nagoski makes the statement that just makes sense. Your body has no idea what filing your taxes or behavior management in the classroom means, but it does know what jumping up and down means. And we wanna speak its language, body language. The second thing that we can do to end the stress cycle is by being creative. Actually engaging in creative activities has proven to create more energy, excitement, and enthusiasm. Make something. Do you like to knit, paint, sing, write, or play with modeling clay? Whatever creative endeavor speaks to you, do it. Some teachers actually find that the more creative they can be in their lesson plans, it's helpful. So why does this work? Like sports, the arts create a situation or a context that tolerates or even encourages big emotions. There is a reason that when you're feeling big emotions, you connect with certain types of music, art, or literature. Those playlists that kept you company as you cried your eyes out during your first breakup or the lovey-dovey soundtracks that keep us company when our friends rolled our eyes and are sick of hearing about how in love we were, these things give us the chance to celebrate and move through the emotions. When we're creative, we give our big emotions a meaningful place to be. My friend Amy Roadman, who I will link her information in the show notes, connected with me last year to present in the 2021 Summer Self-Care Conference. Her presentation was how to tap into your creativity, and it was just fantastic. Her presentation from last year will be available to listen to on Sunday, July 24th of the free Summer Self-Care Conference for teachers and will also be linked in the show notes as well. The third way we can complete the stress cycle is to laugh or cry. Laughing, especially when you laugh together with someone, is a way to release and express all these emotions that we're keeping inside. Emotions are like tunnels. If you go all the way through them, you get to the light at the end. Laughter helps with this, as does recalling a funny story that made you laugh or crying. Crying is for everybody. Babies cry because it's good for them. 
And it's also just as good for adults. Crying is one of the ways our bodies release stress. It's important not to be embarrassed by our tears that we attempt to stop them from coming out. Have you ever had one of those like extremely stressful days where everything seems to go wrong and you can hardly make it to your car to burst into tears for 10 minutes and at the end, you sort of feel a weight lifted? Even if you've not changed the situation that caused the stress, you still feel that weight lifted because you completed the cycle. The fourth method is physical affection. Now, you don't have to have some romantic partner, just someone you feel safe with to give you a long, strong hug, about 20 seconds according to the research, or, you know, time with a loving pet. Physical affection helps your body release trust and bonding hormones like oxytocin, and those chase away that sense of danger your body was previously holding on to. As our hormones shift, our heart rate slows and our body begins to feel safe thus completing the cycle. And this is why research shows that people who walk their dogs get more exercise and feel better than people who don't because they're getting exercise and affection simultaneously. The fifth method is deep breathing. So often when I bring this up, teachers and especially my students roll their eyes. Breathing seems like it's this effortless process our body just does. But when we take the time to slow our breathing, especially when we exhale slower and longer so that our belly contracts, it actually downregulates the stress response by activating the vagus nerve. Your vagal nerves play key roles in helping our body manage involuntary functions like heart rate, breathing, digestion. We wanna find a breathing tool that resonates with us individually. Like you'll hear me say constantly, each of us are unique. So we have to sort of experiment to see what resonates. Here's a simple one. Breathe in slowly through your nose for five seconds. Hold that breath for five more seconds and then exhale through your mouth for 10 seconds. Just a few minutes of this practice can activate your vagus nerve, increasing the parasympathetic nervous system and completing your fight or flight stress response. In the show notes, I have linked a great resource for various breathing exercises that you can use in your classroom or in your own stress reduction if this is an area of work that you want to cultivate in completing the stress cycle. There is, however, one major thing for sure that does not get you out of the stress cycle. It probably comes as no surprise to you that just telling yourself that everything's going to be okay and going to cut it. I've always hated when people told me, just don't think that, or just remind yourself it's going to be okay. There's a reason that that doesn't work. The fact is that completing the stress cycle isn't this intellectual decision. As Nagoski states, it's a physiological shift. So we don't have to tell our lungs to keep breathing or our stomach to digest food. And even if we did, our body is going to do what it wants to do. You can't complete the cycle through deliberate choice. You give your body what it needs to complete the physiological responses it's designed to do. Obviously, there are way more ways to complete the stress cycle than just these five that I discussed in this episode. The big common factor is that you have to do something. You have to take action towards recovery. It's not just going to go away on its own. It's not going to happen overnight. There is amazing free opportunity if you're looking for more actionable ways to reduce your stress and recover from burnout in the free summer self-care conference for teachers. The best part about this conference it's all online. You can attend all of the sessions in this three-day free event from the comfort of your couch, your bed, your bath, wherever. There are so many different strategies to reducing the impact of burnout and self-care that feels authentic and so many tools to use that could reduce your stress and allow you to fill your cup. And it can be overwhelming. The Summer Self-Care Conference is the place for you to learn from experts in self-care and education who have been 
and are still in the same situation you are in, balancing personal and professional obligations and using self-care strategies in order to be the most effective educator they can. You can grab your free ticket at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash summer self-care conference, all one word. And I will also link it in the show notes for you to check out as well. This is only episode number two in the summer self-care for burnout recovery series. In the next episode, we will be discussing ways to develop a summer recovery plan. So you're not going to want to miss it. If you have a topic that you would love for me to cover on the podcast, I would love for you to send me a message on Instagram at teaching mind, body, and soul so I can add it to my list. All right. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to remind you that you are a resilient teacher. If you're looking for more support in creating a sustainable, individualized self-care plan to beat burnout, squash stress, and build educator resilience, check out my online membership and course, The Individualized Educare Program at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash individualizededucareprogram. I'll see you next time. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.